Hey there, this is Karen. I'm so glad you joined me for the Woman Inspired Podcast. It's been a bit since I've been on here, so I appreciate your patience with me. I hope that you are doing well and today's uh, podcast finds you joyful, even in the midst of um, a really crazy and chaotic world. I just hope that I can give you a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of something to think about, maybe a little bit of laughter here and there. I don't know about you all, but I'm actually having a little difficult time lately finding more laughter, reaching for more laughter and, and feeling okay laughing and boy, do I need it. Um, so I'm not sure today's going to be filled with laughter, but it's definitely filled with things that God has put on my heart that I hope, um, I hope that they are something that, uh, makes you think or makes you feel or makes you uh, look at things a little bit differently through uh, different eyes maybe. So today's podcast is called It's Not What It's Not. And I start out every podcast with a pod quote. And so here is a quote. This is from Blaise Pascal. Ready? He says, truth is so obscured nowadays and lies so well established that unless we love the truth, we shall never recognize it. I'm going to repeat that for you. Truth is obscured nowadays and lies so well established that unless we love the truth, we shall never recognize it. So every time uh, we turn around, we could stand still and do a cartwheel. It doesn't matter. We hear someone say, it is what it is. At least we do in the United States. Um, I don't know about you all, but it's one of those phrases that I'm just getting tired of. I'll be glad when that phrase has dissipated and just is in the annals of um, UrbanDictionary.com. But for now, it seems to be clinging kind of like a dryer sheet to my pant leg when I take it out of the dryer. Or like the toothpaste to the inside of the sink. Or like the dog hair to my favorite skirt. And we just got a new dog and let me tell you what, she sheds uh, a lot. So hopefully that will pass as she gets older. But it clings and this kind of phrase also clings just like that. It is what it is, um, but since it's still hanging on, I was curious where in the world that saying got started, so I researched it, and according to the New York Times, the phrase, it is what it is, appeared back in 1949 in an article by a J.E. Lawrence in the Nebraska State Journal, so this uh, journalist, Lawrence, used the phrase when he was describing the difficulty facing Nebraska for the frontiersmen and the farmers at the time. And he wrote, new land is harsh and vigorous and sturdy. It scorns evidence of weakness. There is nothing of sham or hypocrisy in it. It is what it is without apology. Now, I personally like the original quote, especially with the added without apology on the end of it. Um, how much more effective would our speech and our phrases be if we added the, ex the exclamatory, exclamation, you know, positive, in your face, without apology at the end of it? <laughs> I think I think that's really nice, without apology, because we tend to say I'm sorry a lot these days, and even when it's not needed, um, and it's become empty, it's really become empty. So I think without apology is really appropriate. Especially if you're saying it is what it is. If you truly believe that something is what it is and it can't be changed, it can't be morphed, it can't be renewed, it can't be rejuvenated, it can't be redone, it can't be abolished, and you're saying it is what it is, 
then you really should say it without apology. What's the need in saying you're sorry, right? But further down the line, in, or further up the line, whichever way you want to look at it, in 2004, President George W. Bush publicly said it is what it is in response to someone telling him his opponent, John Kerry, was leading in the polls. And that took steam because it was repeated by the media. Press organization after press organization started to say it is what it is. And finally, it went into Hollywood where it was made fun of time and time again for George W. Bush saying it is what it is. And now you hear it everywhere. It's been in songs. It's even the title of a movie. It is what it is. I've never seen it, but when I was doing research, I saw that. So once in a while, I'll tell someone, hey, do you know that it is what it is might be true in this case, but not every case? When they say something, it might say, you know, I prefer to say it is what it is for now, but it could be so much more when you give God room to move. I personally don't think much of anything in life is set in stone without apology, except the facts that God is real. He gave us his son who died on the cross and he rose again. And that is what it is. It is real. The Trinity is real. Jesus has shed his blood and Jesus's blood is real and it is not etched in stone because he rolled the stone away. No pun intended, but hey, it's true. It is written in our very DNA, his word. So to say it is what it is, unless you're dealing with those truths, it's pretty much circumstantial because that's the way life is. It's not written in stone. If you look at it through the, that kind of a lens, that is. So think about it in terms of smoke and mirrors. We might spend all day and all night defending to the death or the exhaustion or whatever you want to call it, what we think something is. So we might defend it over and over and over again when all the while we were deceived in the first place and it is not what we thought it was. So when we declare it is what it is, it's a pretty emphatic statement and it might not be true. Have you ever mistaken someone for someone else or something for something else? only to find out that it was not at all what you swore it was was I mean you would say no that is what it is I've done that but also other people have done that with me one time I was uh in the store and this man came up to me and he was really kind and he, he just wanted to hug me which he did I didn't know him from anybody else but he hugged me and he started talking to me and I kept racking my brain trying to figure out who he was and how I knew him because I can usually recognize the face. I might not always remember the name, but I had no idea who this man was. And then he said something like, thank you again for all the food you made for us after Nellie passed away. It was so kind of you. Um, okay, folks, I had no idea who Nellie was. <laughs> I, I thought I was, I, I thought about just saying, oh, you're welcome. No problem. And again, I'm sorry for your loss and kind of going on with it. Uh, but I, I didn't want to embarrass him. By telling him, um, I have no idea who you are, dude, but, but I knew that would be wrong to just pretend. So once he found out that I was not Nellie and we talked about it, he was a little embarrassed, but we really just laughed about it and then ended up talking and getting to know each other for a little bit. But he could have sworn that I was this woman who showed him so much kindness and compassion when his Nellie died. And even though I wasn't her, um, he would have sworn it. He would have said, this is Nellie. She is who she is. But he would have been wrong. 
And that happens with us at times when we say, oh, it is what it is. And we later find out, um, no, it wasn't what we thought it was. So I wasn't who I wasn't. And sometimes you might think something is what it is, but it's not. For instance, you might read an article online that tells you a celebrity died. Only later to find out that it wasn't truthful. It was a lie or it was a rumor. Or think about the 1800s snake oil salesmen. Have you ever heard of those? Those were the guys that went door to door or they stood in the streets selling oils and tonics that guaranteed to cure this ailment or that. But they didn't. People would buy it thinking it was something magical and healing, but it wasn't. And they would have sworn by it, but it wasn't what it wasn't. It usually turned out to be a lesser grade oil or a mixture of chemicals that were never going to cure anyone of anything. But people bought them. They believed the lie and they would swear they worked until they didn't. One time I left a movie theater. Okay, this is kind of crazy, (laughs) but I'm just going to share it anyhow. One time I left a movie theater and I got in my car. It was in the middle of a winter and it was cold. It was overcast. And so I pulled out of the movie theater. I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw the strangest thing. It was a, and it was a feather, a huge, really beautiful white feather, really detailed on the back of my winch, on my back, uh, rearview, rearview mirror, not the rearview mirror <laughs> on the, the rear windshield. Um, and so I just slowly drove because I was fascinated by it. I kept looking at it in the rearview mirror. It didn't blow off as I drove and I was just in awe of it. And, and so I decided I wanted that feather. It was so pretty. So I pulled over, I got out and I went to get the feather. Guess what? It wasn't a feather. (laughs) It was ice and snow frozen in the shape of a feather on the back of my windshield crazy I know but it was so detailed and beautiful I took a picture of it it looked just like a feather but it wasn't it wasn't what it wasn't I would have sworn that it was a feather but it wasn't you could say um I shouldn't have been disappointed it was just a a trick of my mind and what was the big deal um because it was an illusion it was what it was it was an illusion it was ice But it also wasn't what it wasn't. It was not a feather. In reality, it was not what it was not. It was not some amazing feather stuck to my rear windshield. It's not what it's not. That statement. Let's get real. Some things are what they are. But when they aren't, they aren't. There are some falsehoods put out in the world today. Things that were told are one thing but are really another. Things that claim to be something or some truth that we later find out are a lie. For example, social media. (laughs) Okay. Now, if you listen to my podcast very often, you know that, well, I think social media can be a blessing and some fun distraction here and there, like most anything else. It can also be a tool for evil. And it definitely proves my point in this case of it's not what it's not. Because when someone looks at a social media post and they ooh and ah over how someone looks or how great that person's life is, most of the time, It's something fake that they're seeing. It's something that's been staged or it's only the highlights of the best little 10 seconds of that person's day. It's not what it's not because in reality, that smooth skin and those pouty lips and that perfectly clean house and the thighs with no cellulite on them are staged or photoshopped and they're filtered. We can't filter reality except in digital format. So maybe your life is what it is, but it's also not what it's not. And it's not everything it will ever be right now in this moment. It might be challenged. 
and heartbreaking at times or difficult to manage. You might have spit up from the baby on your sleeve and your hair is frizzy from the weather. You might be going through hot flashes and, and you feel exhausted all the time. Your job might feel like it's a dead-end job right now. Your dishes might be dirty and you, you maybe have three loads of laundry yet to do. You might have 10 extra pounds in cellulite that makes you look like you're hiding bubble wrap under your skin. Not that I would know anything about that. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> but my life, your life, her life, his life are also not what they're not. Just because the, there are issues like these and problems doesn't mean that your life isn't filled with value. Yes, cellulite is what it is, but it's also not what it's not. It's not the end of the world. It is not your identity. It is not something that we should obsess on or worry about or make a priority. Just because we have life problems does not mean that life is crap. It is not crap because it doesn't look picture perfect. It's not, it's not what people would call a crap life and something to be wasted. It's not what it's not. Life is not a waste. It does not lack value because the internet says it lacks value. It is not a life to set aside, waste, or throw away when you have a day of anxiety, fear, or depression. It is not something you throw away or do away with or give up on because you your feelings today are hurt or you have to face something you don't want to face. Life is not meant to be all about you. It might be difficult and it affects us each in a very personal way because this is where God put us. It's our life, but it's not all about us. Yes, it is what it is, but it is also not what it's not. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's not a 24 seven party. It's not a blip on a screen and then a sea of nothingness when body, our bodies give out and die. It is not a calendar filled with one hopeless day after another. We might feel like it is at times, but it's not. It simply is not what it is not. And Jesus was not merely a teacher or a prophet like some people proclaim. He was not a famous guru or a spiritual leader. He is the son of God. He is the savior. But he wasn't those other things. He is not what he is not. C.S. Lewis said it in, um, or wrote it in, mere Christianity, a book that he wrote. It's funny because I had written this and then I also heard this quote shared in church just a couple weeks ago, but I felt like it fit with this topic um, in this podcast so well. This is what C.S. Lewis wrote. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said this sort of thing that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He was not left. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. You see, Jesus was not what he was not. He was not some great thinker, some great teacher, some great moral figure, some great philosopher, a fable writer, a storyteller, a historical hippie who let his hair grow long and he wore sandals. He was not a man who leached off other people and wandered around from place to place as a snake oil salesman. 
salesman. He was not a great historical figure who was destined to, I don't know, be the future quoted sensation on Pinterest t-shirts and bumper stickers. That's not who he was. Jesus was who he said he was. In the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, and John, Jesus says who he was. Specifically, Mark 14, 61, 62 says, The high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And in John eight twelve, it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. People can deny him all they want and have been. They've been doing that for ages. But he was and is the light of the world. They can pretend that they put Jesus in a box and define him and say, it is what it is, as if he wasn't who he was, as if he isn't who he is. But those of us who study his word and believe in his name know the difference. Maybe you're hearing this and you don't know the difference because the smoke and mirrors in life are deflecting you from seeing clearly. But I pray for you that the smoke and mirrors are removed and cleared out and you can see the truth. We know that Jesus wasn't who he wasn't and he was who he said he was. Jesus is alive today and he is still our savior. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. His sacrifices were made. His ransom was paid. His, our ransom was paid. He died for us. His blood was shed for us. It was what it was, a selfless act of sacrifice. And it is what it is, an eternal lifeline for those of us who believe. And it was not what it was not, because it was not a myth. The Bible is not a fictional story told. It is not a tale that someone made up or an inaccurate account of historical events. It is not what it is not. The word of God is not ever-changing. It is not malleable or inaccurate. It is not incomplete. It is every single thing we needed to know for our faith, for our life, and to lead us straight into the arms of Jesus and his salvation. It is inspired by God. It's overflowing with life. It's living and breathing. It is written in our very being, and it's woven into the fiber of our physical bodies and imprinted on our brains. It is not a book that should be scoffed at, scorned at, misquoted, mocked, torn apart, or burned. It is not something we should shove our, onto our shelf um, and let dust get all over or stuff in a box in the attic. It is not what it is not. Okay, thank you for joining me. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. That's what's on my heart. That's what I meant by it's not what it's not. There's so much today that is false and fake that I pray that you will understand that whatever it is, if it really is, that you embrace it. And if it's not, that you don't. I hope you like, follow, and share this uh, podcast, The Woman Inspired Podcast, with your friends and family. You can find me on Instagram. Just search for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. Uh, and you can find this podcast on Apple, Amazon, Podbean, YouTube, Anchor, Pandora, and iHeart Podcasts. Thank you so much, and I pray that you will have a very blessed day.